Yes. And uh, by the way, sis, big, huge congratulations. <laughs> we love you. God bless you. But uh, so we, we made every effort to try to be here early for prayer. And, uh, you know, my mind's on a lot of things driving down the freeway. And I've got my mind on the service and thinking about a lot of things. And so we walked into the prayer room, and I seen Pastor <clears throat> holding a little boy about one and a half or whatever. <laughs> and immediately, I couldn't help myself. I thought, whoa, <laughs> that's growing big fast. <laughs> but I, I caught myself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. I think the last time that we were here around the dinner table, we had a little bit of discussion about uh, the largest child uh, that, that was born. And I said, you know, I think I remember somewhere in the Guinness Book of Records that some poor, poor woman had a 22 pound baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it was true. Wasn't it right, Billy? Praise the Lord. So, uh, Sister Cameron did not attain it to that level. And I'm glad Praise she did. God. But I don't know if all that wrapped together in the back recesses of my mind just shocked me. Everybody happy today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If we could open our Bible uh, to the book of Luke. Luke, the uh, 15th chapter, and starting at the first verse, amen. Luke chapter 15, and uh, verse number 1. Amen. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Then down in verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me portions of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would have fain filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise, I will go to my father, and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. No more worthy be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came unto his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And no more worthy be called thy son. The father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead 
and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. I want to preach about the autobiography of God. The autobiography of God. Praise the Lord. Could we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, we love you today. And we thank you, God, for everything that we have taken in and been blessed and moved upon and within with in this service, the presence of the Lord, the joy of the Lord in the Psalms of Zion. We thank you for the privilege to give to the greatest cause of your We thank you, Lord, for the man of God that you sent here, Lord. We thank you for this great church that you raised it up through your name, through your power, through your blessed word. We thank you, God, that your blessing is here so evidently. And we're praying now, God, that our hearts would be anointed to hear, anointed ears and hearts to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. And I pray, God, that your blessing, things that only you, Master, can do, and that is filled with your Spirit from heaven, the Holy Ghost, and the new and precious souls today, and renew each and every one of us in your love and in your spirit. God, cause this church to grow daily as the Lord would add unto it. In Jesus' yes, name. Jesus, have your Amen. Way. Could we raise our hands to the Lord? Just, just God, love Him There's a sweet spirit here. Praise the Lord. There's a beautiful spirit here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. skill that is uh, good with writing and perhaps is a writer, uh, takes that task and with multiple interviews and gathering of information, photos, amen, perhaps others will write the story, the history of someone's life. Now people that are renowned, people that are great, people that have been presidents and prime ministers and great generals and so on and so forth, we're we're used to uh, reading about their biography because they have done something, been a part of something that's bigger than themselves and that was great and that was above and beyond average. Amen. But an autobiography is the biography of oneself narrated by oneself. Hallelujah. Not entrusting the task to a gifted or skilled writer, amen, or a second party, but yourself giving the narration, giving the details, amen, of your life. So when we're talking about the autobiography of God, we're talking about God through Christ, talking through himself to humanity about his life, about what he is really like. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I know in your minds you're thinking this is the parable of the prodigal son. And it is. But really, it's the autobiography of God. Because the real hero in this parable, amen, is not the son. 
I do I am graciously thankful that he he turned that he had amen God's granted gift of repentance to, to open up his mind and his eyes and see himself and come back to father's house amen I give him great credit for that I thank God for everybody because their eyes open and comes to the Lord in the first place and returns to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. God bless you. There's rejoicing in heaven yeah. over one of us sinners that repents. Praise the Lord. Amen. That in itself, amen, is inexhaustible in the amount of worship and joy, amen, that could be had. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the prodigal son is talking, talked about in this parable, this speech here by the Savior and the Master seven times. But Father is mentioned nine times. The real character, the mainline theme, amen, of this prodigal parable, so to speak, is about the Father and about the nature of our Father. I want you to know we're serving a good God. We're serving a loving God. We're serving a God that sticks closer than a brother. We're serving a righteous God, a patient God, a holy God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. You know, in the Bible and in the interpretation and the understanding and unraveling, the revelation of the scriptures, uh, one of the basic tenets of, of unraveling or of getting revelation and understanding from the scriptures is, is knowing who is being spoken to. We go to a particular portion of the Bible, anywhere in the Bible, well, who is the subject? Who are the ones being addressed? Who was being talked to here? Hello, everybody. And uh, bears grass weight upon um, our understanding. Amen. Well, that was said under that one. Well, praise the Lord. But in Luke, the 14th chapter, in the 25th verse, the Bible says that there went out great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them. So there was a gigantic crowd that was following Jesus, and all of a sudden, Luke the 14th chapter, verse 25, tells us that Jesus, you know, they're all flowing in the same direction. Jesus probably in the near the beginning of that uh, exodus, if I could use that word. And all of a sudden, the master turns around and faces the oncoming, amen, masses of people of the crowd that was coming there in order to face to face amen address them and talk to them and we see here he's saying things like if any man come to me hate not his father and mother and wife brothers and sisters yea his own life he cannot be my disciple and whoever whoever doesn't bear his cross and coming after me cannot be my disciple and, and if you're intending to build a tower are you going to count the cost first whether you've got funds sufficient to tower lest your enemies will laugh. Come on, everybody. He's talking in terms of dedication. He's talking in terms of a consecration. He was talking, amen, to a crowd, amen, who had known him, who had heard him, who had followed him, who had some level of allegiance to him. And so now he's speaking to the people, quote, unquote, amen, the part of the unformed yet church, hello, amen, the followers. Come on, everybody. And he's facing them head on, and with the love of God, of course, in his heart, he's telling them, Amen, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. Right. And if you've got to love me and my cause above and beyond, Amen, your wife, your children, your parents, about even your own life, 
You've got to love me beyond that. And you've got to count the cost. He's preaching a dedication message. Hello. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. But in Luke, the 15th chapter, and I don't even know whether this is the continuum, amen, of the same days, events. I really don't know. But here something happens. It says in Luke 15 and 1, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. The Amplified Version says all the worst and all the lowest and all the most flagrant of the sinners. Come on. Wow. Came to hear him. And why did they flock to gather around him, amen, and rush forward, amen, to hear him? I'll tell you why. Amen, it's because Jesus turned to them, amen, and looked, and there was a beckoning on the part of the master because he was wanting to make known, amen, something. He was wanting to express something, praise the Lord. Yeah. And so now the group is not, amen, followers or would-be followers or people that make up all the different levels Amen of of, uh, of following God, but now it's to the worst, it's to the sinners, it's to the outlandish, and the most flagrant. Amen uh, of the publicans and the sinners. He's motioning them. He's making themselves amen available so that they might gather around him. Amen, because he wanted to talk to them, and the reason he wanted to talk to them. It's because he wanted to show the sinners. He wanted to show people, amen, that have no knowledge of God, really. No real understanding of him. Amen. He's wanting to tell with his own lips, God in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Amen. What this God, what this Jesus, what this Messiah, what this true living first and last, come on, was really like. Amen. The devil's given God a bad rap. Amen. Throughout all the generations of time. And tried to paint a disfigured picture of what God is really like. A distorted picture. Come on, everybody. Amen. So that the sinner and so that those far away and those that have never known or never visited the presence of God would be frightened of him. Amen. And withdrawn from him and run from him. Hello, everybody. He's painted a picture of God that he's unapproachable. He's painted a picture of God that he's severe, that he's not understanding, that he's not compassionate. That he's severely judgmental. Come on, everybody. Praise the Lord. But God, I said, but God made himself a body. Praise the Lord. That he might look at the raw of humanity and with his own words express his own life and what he really was. He couldn't trust it to a prophet, even. He couldn't trust it, amen, to a law-given Moses. They all tried. and They all had their blessed spears of help. Amen. I thank God for every prophecy and every truth, amen, that's in the Word of God about our King. I'm glad that, amen, Isaiah said unto us, is born a son. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But thank God, he came to earth. He came and dwelt among us. 
and facing, amen, raw humanity, the sinners, the publicans, the lowest of the low, amen, the most of what humanity represented on the face of the earth, he faces them and tells them of his own lips, this is what I'm really like. And he does it in the beauty of a parable. So he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me. He's saying, give me. Give me. We're living in a give me generation. We're living in a you owe me generation. You owe me a new car. <laughs> you, you owe me this and you owe me that. And the other, woe be unto us parents. Amen. But we are in a give me an expected and a spoiled, in many respects, uh, generation. Yeah. And I can include myself in that. I've been spoiled. Amen. I, I need God all over again. I need the love and praise and thanksgiving of God. And amen. But this young man said, Father, give me. Give me the portions of goods that follow to me. He's asking for his inheritance. Now, I think I understood about inheritances. You're supposed to wait until the, the uh, inheritance maker, the testator, amen, passes away. And then in the inheritance, amen, will go to survivorship. Hello? I mean, isn't that the usual pattern? I mean, you know, I like to see that motorhomes going down and down the road. We are spending our children's inheritance. <laughs> Thank God. You do need to be careful. You need to enjoy life, amen, somewhat, not save it all up for somebody else, especially if they got dope going. Hello. Well, praise the Lord, that was free. Totally free. Amen. But uh, he's not in a proper time. He's asking for his share of uh, the inheritance. And so the father divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all that was together. He had a plan. He had something he'd been daydreaming about, something he'd been wanting, something he'd been wanting to do, places he was wanting to go. I want to get out of here. I want to get away from Father's house. I don't want to go next door to Father's house. I want to get as far away as I can get from Father's house and all of its controls and all of its teachings and all of its standards and all of its requirements. I want to get as far away from Father's house as I can get. And so my daydream is that when I get that, I'm going to beeline it, amen, leave it on the jet plane, you know, just as far away as I can get so I can be myself. So he gets to that far country and he wastes his substance with riotous living. I told you he wasn't a real hero. <laughs> and the Bible says that when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. I don't know about you, but I see some, something consequential there. I, I, see, I see a pattern there. I see a progression there. Amen. He spends all, and when his last dime or, or denarius, come on, is gone, amen, a mighty famine, amen, raises up in the land. It's not happenstance. It's, come on, there, there was something behind that. Amen. God was the one, 
amen, that have to usher in, amen, the crisis and the need and the crop failure, come on, and the famine that was involved because God was trying to harvest souls, praise the Lord. When you pray, amen, for your family and for your loved ones and people that you care about, come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, God, they must be saved. They must be saved. Don't let them spend eternity in the darkness outside of God. And when you pray that way, amen, there's, something, there's, a mad, there's a mad rush that comes on them that they just got to, amen, shoot up and do out and dance up and speed away, amen, in any kind of a car they can get, amen, to rush and rush and rush and explore, amen, like a demon, all the pleasures of life in the fast lane. So it gets sped up quick. God's going to spend it. Because it was timed perfectly. You can't miss it. That when he spent all, that was the day that the local paper came out with, we're having a hard time with crops, ain't raining like it's supposed to, and looks like the famine's looming. It was providential. When you pray, amen, get ready, because God is going to set in order providential arrangements, praise the Lord, amen, that will deal with your and my loved ones, praise God. Don't fall to pieces, don't quit praying, don't stand back, come on, keep the pressure on, keep the prayer going, come on, keep the faith going, keep the basket going, come on, if you're not, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so it says he went and joined himself. The Amplified Version says he glued himself to a citizen of that country. You know, as human beings, our nature is we are social and we're going to be bound up with something. We're going to be joined to something. No man is an island. Come on, everybody. We're going to be joined to something. We're going to be with something. We're going to be a part, amen, of some movement. Hello, everybody. I just don't want to be a part of that broad way, amen, that leads to destruction. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. He began to just glue, glue himself, I mean, just sidle up to them and make himself in their face. Give me a job, give me anything to do, give me a job. Come on, everybody. And that man, amen, to his shame, amen, gave him the job, amen, that no Jew was supposed to do, and that was to feed swine, which was illegal food for the Jews. And the Bible said that he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. He's looking over in the filth and quagmire of a hog pen, and he sees one of some of them yellow corn kernels there. Come on. How many has ever been to Knoxbury Farm? They got that wagon there where they sell that roasted corn, and you pour the butter and the, I'm sorry, and the garlic on it. <laughs> And uh, I've been by the trash can, not to go invade the trash can, but I couldn't help but notice, amen, there were corn cobs there that spoiled little kids or whatever had hardly eaten none of. Right. And some of them were not pretty good. My aftermath is pretty good. There's, there's not much left. <laughs> but he looked down there in the mire, and he saw that some of them corn husks there, man, there was, man, that one, that one there's got three or four kernels in a row. You know? 
And the Lord is just describing the death, the death and the misery, amen, of life that he had, that was his, that he had really become a part of. And the Bible says that no man gave unto him, amen, when he first got that inheritance, flew away, amen, to that far, far country, I mean, he was the, he was the, the center of the party, I mean, he was doling out the cash, Amen. I heard about, amen, in one chronicling of one Roman writer's history, amen, that there was a man and he, he found out he only had a half a million, amen, Roman sequesters or whatever they were, amen, their coinage was left and he committed suicide because he wasn't going to be able to have any more, any more outlandish parties and have partridge tongues and all the other crazy stuff that they cooked up, amen, as they got farther and farther away, amen, from normality. Amen. Nobody was given to him, even though he supported the parties and supported the dance and paid for the bands and paid for the singing troops. Come on, everybody. Amen. He, he shelled it out and shelled it out and shelled it out. And they all enjoyed it and clapped him on the back. Come on, everybody. You need real friends. You need people that are going to love you when you're down and when you haven't got much to offer them. Amen. I'm not looking to be a with a friend, amen, that is just looking for what they can get out of me. Yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's the beautiful thing about living for God. Amen. He'll set God's people around you. He'll set good people around you. I said he'll set good people around you. I shout that to you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Nobody gave back. Amen. Seemed like the law of reaping and sowing got suspended there. Amen. But with God, oh, hallelujah. When we sow to the Spirit, Oh, hallelujah. We reap, amen, a thousandfold. Hallelujah. Blessings in what we give. We bring our tithe and offering to the storehouse. And God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing we're not even able to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You give to God, He gives back. He more than gives back. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that when he came to himself. You see, the situation is out there in the world. People are living in an altered state of mind. They are not really thinking right. I said they're not really thinking right. The alcohol is causing them amen, to be fuzz-brained in their thinking. The dope and drugs and meth is causing them, amen, to be, amen, unreliable and not well and not good in their thinking. Hello, everybody. It's an altered state of mind. Amen. You call, amen, what's good evil and what's evil good. Oh, you're all upside down. Amen. In your thinking. It's an altered state of mind. And it's a state of mind, amen, where, amen, you've got to keep puffing yourself. We're happy. We're having a good time. Isn't this fun? Isn't this a great party? Come on, everybody. People going home. Amen. Weeping. Amen. Because their girl ran off with somebody else. Hello. Because their friends left them and didn't have any interest in them after the initial few words. Come on. I'm telling you, the world is full of loneliness. And they're full of being... Amen. Treated terribly. Come on, everybody. But they're in an altered state of mind out there. That's true. I remember back when I was in the world, when I was, uh, when I was 15 and 16, were my biggest years of drug use before I came into the church. 
I was uh, on LSD and all that many, 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 many times. And uh, there was a friend of mine, quote unquote a friend, another long-haired nut from the high school. And uh, we went up to San Francisco. He said, Doug, I want to I wanna, I wanna turn you on to something. It's going to be really neat. And I was already doing, you know, all, all the hash, and I was already doing all the mescaline, peyote, and LSD, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he led me down to Haight-Ashbury, and he led me into an area where it was really overgrown with weeds and needed paint everywhere, and it was real shabby, amen, looking, poverty looking, amen. We went up to this particular house, you know how they're straight up there, and they're one right next to guest another. And uh, we went in and we all cracked open the doorway. He looks in and a smile cracks on his face because he led me into an opium den. And an opium den, amen, we saw, I saw when I got to look through that doorway. I was on the outside still. I was looking at that door. I was, I was a long-haired, bearded hippie. Amen. Didn't know God. Not, didn't have a family that knew God. And when I looked down that hallway with the Camarina, amen, I, see, I saw probably 80 to 100 people face down on the floor or face up on their back on the floor. I saw a pile, amen, of yellow smoke all over around them there. I saw pools of vomit, amen, where people had thrown up. They were just laying all in it. And the friend smiles and looks at me and says, isn't that cool? Amen. But something happened to me. And I said, it looks like death to me. I didn't say that to him. And I stood back there as a young sinner boy. And I said, if this is where it's leading, if this is where it's going to take me, if this is where the train is going to get off, I want to get off. And I servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger I ain't doing this right I ain't living right this isn't going right this, this isn't working right come on oh thank God it's a blessed thing for somebody to come to themselves hallelujah I will arise now it's not give me give me it's I'm going to rise. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make my way back. I'm going to change pathways. I'm going to change directions. I will arise and go to my father. Oh, son, that's the way. Amen. You needed to go the whole time. That's what you needed to do. Thank God. That was what even all the over and over now Sunday was all about. That was what the time was all about. That's where it's all been leading you. I'm going to go back 
And I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to call your son. Now he's not saying, give me, give me. He's saying, make me. Can you make something out of my life? Can you make something out of what's left out of my life? Oh, I'm telling you, parents, I'm telling you, Christians, we need to be there and we need to be strong. When God leads them out of the dives of sin, come on, everybody, and they begin to come to themselves, hallelujah, we can be there for them. All right. I couldn't follow you into sin. I couldn't partake. Amen. But I've been there all the time. I've been praying. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Hallelujah. He arose. And so he acted on this. This wasn't just a declaration made by the hog pen. But he acted on it. And he came to his father. And I'm fixing the clothes. But just listen for a second here. Remember, this is the biography of God. This is God with his own lips. Amen. Giving an inkling, giving um, some sane view and revelation of what he, he and his nature is really like. When he was yet a great way off. <laughs> now, <clears throat> how could a natural father see a son coming home a great way off if they're on a flat plain of ground? Well, they weren't. There was a hillside. There was a mountainside. And I guarantee you, brothers and sisters, amen, that that father, amen, had worn a trail, amen, up there in that wooded area on the mountain slope, praying for his departed son, praying for his deliverance, praying for his salvation, praying for him to come to himself, praying for him to return, praying for him to be restored. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, amen, God is a faithful God. We may go far from him, but I have prayed for you, Peter, and when your faith fails, come on, everybody. Something about his head down approach. Something about his walk. Something about everything that his demeanor expressed. He knew it was his son. Hallelujah. And that father there, what? I can't wait to get even with that rascal for running off and wasting half my money. Come on, everybody. Jesus is telling you that's not what God is like. He saw him get a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion. 
You know, the Bible says ten times throughout the Gospels that Jesus looked on the multitudes and had compassion on them. It's one of the keen, keen uh, uh, characteristics of God. He has compassion. He has love. He has his loving kindness. Praise the Lord. It's hard to shake the love of God off. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. His Father identifies Him, feels in His Spirit, knows His Son's returning home, knows that He's in the gate, amen, not of pride, not of haughtiness, not of rejection, not of a show-off, amen, but He's in the gate of repentance. Come on, everybody. His Father wells with compassion. His Father wells with tears. His Father wells up with love. Come on, everybody. And the Bible says that the Father ran. He ran. He ran. He didn't placidly walk even down the slope of that hill or mountainside. But he ran. Amen. God is so much in love with you and your soul that he will run to you. not stifled with his expressions. He's not stifled with his emotions. He fell on his neck and kissed him. And the Father, God, in all of his endless wisdom did not just completely overwhelm and take over everything in that meeting. He allowed the vent, he allowed the expression for confession with the mouth must be made. He allowed the son to speak. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. In thy sight, no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on. Could you stand with me this morning? Put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be married for this. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. And all through these parables that Jesus gives in Luke, the 15th chapter, it talks about the fact that I tell you that there is joy in love. 
eyeball to eyeball, countenance to countenance. I want us just to raise our hands. Could be people and give God some praise. Give God some thanksgiving this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask us, because I feel this, I'm going to ask us all to just draw near the front. And we're going to have a time of thanksgiving unto God for the kind of God that He is. And we're going to come and say, Lord, here I am. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Lord, I've been wayward. And, and we all have times when we get wayward, even the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Thank God we have an altar. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. He said, He that come up to me, I will no wise cast out. I want us to come around the front as close as we can. And I, and I want, brother, could you put a hand up on the shoulder of a brother and sister? Would you put a hand around the shoulder of a sister? And I want us to pray one for another. And maybe you're praying for the, the individual, the child of God, the seeker of God that's right there. Maybe you're praying for a need in their life, a need in their children, a need in their family, a need in their parents.